Hi, and thank you for joining us again today. Today, we're talking about herbs for the skin and the respiratory system. So we're going to dive deep into the realm of the astringent herbs. Think of astringent like you're cleansing your face. A lot of people will apply astringent after they wash their face to help um, shrink pores, right? So we're going to talk about these plants that tighten, tone, and invigorate all of our body systems. And we're going to talk about bayberry, oak, red raspberry, mullein, sumac, ground ivy, pond lily, and witch hazel. So bayberry um, has been used for many, many years. It supports respiratory health and promotes healthy skin. Um, oak, I think all of us have oaks in our yard. Um, these are the guardians of the forest. They offer us astringent benefits that have been revered for centuries. I've been thinking about oak as for teeth. We learned about that at the School of Natural Healing for tightening the gums. And then we also have red raspberry. So not the delicious berries, which I actually had for breakfast. I love them. But they are, the leaves are very highly packed in nutrition. And Dr. Christopher recommended them, especially for fertility, for anyone who was thinking about trying to get pregnant. It was great to have red raspberry and then to drink it all through pregnancy, but it's also wonderful for male and female um, hormone health. And then we're going to talk about mullein, um, which is celebrated for its respiratory and soothing properties. I actually use it for earaches. We'll talk about that. And sumac, which isn't as familiar to either one of us, but it's very antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. Ground ivy, which you also may have in your yard, um, which supports digestion and it's a great herbal remedy. And then white pond lily. We learned a lot about a white pond lily in regards to urinary health and the urinary system. Um, it's, it's really great for the urinary system. We don't think about tightening that, um, but it's very important. And then witch hazel, that is something that we always have on hand here at our house, as well as the mullein. Um, it's very, it's wonderful for toning the astringent effects on the skin. We use it in our um, insect sprays and for healing any skin blemishes. Anyway, I'm excited about this topic. We're getting deep into herbs today, which we both love. Um, so how are you, Daniel? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Jennifer? Pretty good. How do you feel about these herbs we're talking about today? Oh, I love the astringent herbs. I've uh, I've been able to help a few people using some of these herbs. So, oh, I can't wait to hear your stories. Yes, yeah. yeah so I, for me personally, um, red raspberry tea has been a go-to here in our house. Um, it's just wonderful for regulating cycles for women's hormone health. Um, and then I could see a lot of these herbs being used even for um, like leaky gut, intestinal, perme intestinal permeability, which is kind of a newer topic as far as thinking about digestive complaints and health conditions. And so I would be really curious what Dr. Christopher would think about using these herbs for, for, the, for that. But I would think that any of these herbs would be fabulous for helping that just because they are tightening um, and helping to close those um, junctions, the tight junctions that are important um, in the digestive system. Yeah, that'd be very interesting because it's leaky gut. You hear that all the time. It's like the new, yeah, the new thing, and yeah, it's it's, called, yeah mm -hmm. causing a lot of health problems. Yeah, and pretty much anyone with a who has had an autoimmune diagnosis um, has a leaky gut, and so that's something they need to work on. Your body is attacking something. 
that uh, it should not be attacking, that's been triggered by something that entered a part of the body that it should not have entered. It should have stayed in that whole intestinal tube and it did not. And so somehow it got through. We need to work on closing those junctions. So I'm not as familiar with Bayberry. I know we talked about it at the School of Natural Healing. Um, I know it's very astringent and helpful for the respiratory system and aiding in digestion. I, I was just curious if you've had any experience with Bayberry. I haven't had a lot of experience with bayberry either because I was always told that if you could get oak bark, that oak bark was the better herb. But mm -hmm. if you couldn't get oak bark, then you could use bayberry instead. But then I go through the book of natural healing and it says bayberry may be one of the best healing herbs that we have. So, hmm, so interesting. So, it so says, something we need to add. Yeah. It says some herbs consider bayberry and lobelia as the most useful herbs in botanic medicine. So, and I do love lobelia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's used in the composition powder. Bayberry is in the composition powder with the one we learned about yeah. where they, they use it for pretty much any element. They give people the composition powder and bayberry is one of the herbs in it. So. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. So then let's talk about oak. So the bark and the leaves of oak. So when we talk about the bark, we're not talking about the part that breaks off the outside of the oak. Um, what they do is they cut inside the bark. And then when you cut inside the bark, you can see kind of a white uh, flesh. I wish I had some in my hand to show you. And so that is what we're talking about, the inside, not that part that breaks off on the outside. Um, but it's very astringent. It's um, helpful for conditions like diarrhea. Think about, think um, we're tightening the intestines. Um, it helps with inflammation, helps with skin irritations. But what I'm really thinking about is um, Dr. Christopher Hobbs talking about tightening the gums and loose teeth. If someone um, came in to, with loose teeth, they would actually um, chew on oak bark. Am I remembering the story correctly? Well, they would use, um, I, I guess they would chew on it, but also they David taught that, that, you know, the, you would get it in a powder form and you would mix mm -hmm. it with a little bit of water and then you would pack it in your gums all around the gum line and keep mm -hmm. it there. And you could do that during the day. You could even go to sleep with it and it would start to tighten the, the gums back up. Now, this is also we're talking about if you have gum disease and the gum starts to get really weak and the teeth get loose. This is what we're talking about this is when you would use it, because I've had people ask me, well, <laughs> What if I got hit really hard and my tooth is loose? I, maybe it will help. But if that happens, you need to go to the dentist. But we're talking about severe gum disease. And your mm -hmm. teeth are getting loose. This is an old Indian remedy. It can actually help tighten the gums back up and tighten the teeth back up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I move on, did you have any other stories about oak bark or oak um, leaves? I don't. I don't, not with, not with oak mm -hmm. bark. I haven't had to use it a lot, but. Yeah. So red raspberry is a go-to here in our home. We always have plenty of red raspberry. Um, if I just want an herbal tea, um, that's usually my go-to. Um, very high in nutrients, m almost all of your minerals. Um, I also like stinging nettle, um, which is a totally different topic, but stinging nettle and red raspberry are my two, my top two when it comes to nutrition, um, boosting nutrients in the body. Um, so I really love red raspberry. Um, it's also helpful for digestive health and also um, makes a good um, 
gargle for a sore throat um, for helping with any uh, conditions in the, in the throat. It's also good, we learned in school, if you get a case of the stomach flu, Dr. Chris would recommend to drink red raspberry tea. And he said that just drink the tea and it would, you would get over the stomach flu within a day or two. Mm, I, oh I remember wow. that part. But yeah, it's really good. I love the taste of the tea and me and my wife drink it a lot. And it's good for, like you're saying, hormone production. But a lot of people, it's not just for women because I take it because uh, I want to make sure my hormones are balanced as well because men actually have hormone imbalances too that can affect us. So it's good for both sexes. Right. And I remember Dr. Christopher talking about it for people who are thinking about getting pregnant to drinking it, drinking it all through pregnancy, mm -hmm. um, men and women, and several quarts a day, actually. And so it's one of those that's just really, really safe. It's even safe for children. So medical disclaimer, we are not doctors. Make sure you run any information through your medical provider. Um, but these are herbs that we have had experience using ourselves. Um, before I move on, do you have any other stories for red raspberry? Well, also like to point out that a lot of women, <clears throat> I don't want to say a lot of women, but some women have problems with low iron because especially if menstruating and red raspberry is a really good source of iron. So especially if you're vegan, like we are, well, plant-based anyway, I like to say vegan, right. it's a good source of iron that we can use. Very, very, it's highly digestible and usable by the body. Yeah, and that's a good way to to get iron where it won't build up in the body and be dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I totally agree. Um, so the next herb I want to talk about is one of my favorites, which is mullein. Oh, yeah. And luckily, we have it in our yard every now and then. It'll pop up wild either at our house or in my mother-in-law's house. And um, for those of you who don't know, it's it's a biennial. So one year you get these nice, lush, big leaves, which are great for respiratory health. The next year you get this super long stalk with these beautiful little yellow flowers on the end. It's really fluffy. And those flowers are really great for the ears. And so I love mullein. It's, I just really think it's quite the treasure when you can harvest those flowers. Um, but I use the mullein leaves. I use them quite regularly. They are wonderful, not only for respiratory health, but any glandular health. So for even thyroid and all that. So I get the leaves and chop them up and dehydrate them. We drink mullein tea all the time. Um, it's also wonderful for respiratory conditions and cough. And then, like I said, I make um, a oil with the flowers um, for ears. So if I feel like, so I tend to have, if I'm going to get sick, it's going to start in my ears. And so I'll start to have an ear pain. I'll put a few drops of mullein oil in my ears and each one, even if the earache is only one side, I'll put it in one and then the other. And the next day I don't have an earache anymore. So it is definitely my go-to. It was for my children growing up um, as well. Um, so mullein tea is great for coughs and congestion and bronchitis. Um, I even, I buy the powder because I just cannot grind mine enough, enough to get into a powder to make a paste that I can use over the thyroid or um, any other glandular conditions as well that combine it with uh, lobelia. That's Dr. Christopher's um, formula, uh, mullein and lobelia for any glandular conditions. Um, so what are your experiences with mullein? I have a client, he's uh, he's in the 70s and he has COPD. And so he's been going to doctors for the last 10 years. They give him, you know, breathing treatments. They give you steroids to inhale. But nothing 
really, I mean, it helps him, but he still had trouble breathing. So sometimes I work with a local chiropractor and he asked me about this client. I said, I make a tincture with moline and I had a few more herbs in there, but it's mainly mulling. So the, the, the older guy, he started to uh, take it. After a month or so, he comes back and he says, I just want to let you guys know that now, since ever since I've been taking this herbal tincture, I can breathe better than I have in 10 years. Wow. And the doctors can't believe it either, but I'm telling them, they're like, wow, you know, you do, yeah. they checked his lungs and his lungs look better than they have in years, the doctors yeah. told him. It's crazy. So if you have any, if if you're listening today you and you are on the fence about herbal remedies and do they really work, yes. I encourage you to give it a shot. What do you have to lose? Right, right. Choose herbs that are safe. Do your yes. own due diligence um, and don't go too extreme. Uh, you know, yeah. there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yes, that's wonderful. And COPD is very common, so I yeah. say mulling might be your best friend. Right. Yeah. Um, so the next herb, I don't have as much experience with, but I've been wanting to try it because I do have sumac in my backyard. Yeah. Um, so the dried and ground berries are very astringent. They are used as a spice and herbal remedy for digestion, inflammation, and for oral health. Now, knowing that, I probably still would go to oak over ground ivy. But if I were out in the forest and didn't have something and needed it, yeah. um, then ground sumac may be an option. Um, but it does say dried and ground. So if you're out lost, I mean, maybe there's some dried on the plant. I don't know. So that one I'm not as familiar with. Yeah, I mean, I'm not either because... I've always heard it was, I guess there's different forms, but. Right. Yeah. So we're not familiar with that one. So that would be a good one to look into um, on your own. Um, so the next one is white pond lily. And we learned a lot about it at the School of Natural Healing. Um, so it, it's just a really pretty pond lily. You've probably seen it out on a pond, has white flowers. And we talked about the root um, at the School of Natural Healing being used for um, urinary health, but it also helps to reduce inflammation and promotes relaxation. And so I don't know if you have a pond. I do have a pond, but I don't have any water lilies. I think they can become invasive. And so I, I think that's why we don't have any in our uh, pond. We don't want um, to get out of control with that. But I know that it's really great for urinary health. And we don't think about needing astringents when it comes to urinary health, but some people do have trouble with leakage. Um, and maybe that has a lot to do with sphincters, um, but I'm just curious if you know how white pond lily works as a part of the urinary system. Yeah, it's, from my understanding, it helps to tone, because, I mean, women and some men do have leakage as we get older. Those muscles start to lose their strength. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Chris actually has a formula. I think it's the urinary, I, I want to say it's called the urinary formula. And it can actually help reverse incontinence. It takes a few months. I mean, I've heard usually it takes around six months of taking the formula mm -hmm. daily. But it's, for a lot of people, it'll tighten the sphincter back up where they don't leak anymore, which is a big problem with a lot of older women and mm -hmm. some men, especially if you have prostate surgery. Um, yeah, or multiple pregnancies. Yeah. 
So it's definitely worth a shot. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, the surgeries they use for those are not helpful. And so if you can find something that's an herbal remedy, yeah. um, that may be an, a great option. But they do get weak. You know, women have the Kegel exercises because those muscles, all our muscles have to be trained to keep them strong. And mm -hmm. so the herbs will help you there. Just tighten it up. Yes. Um, so it, witch hazel is an herb that we use here quite often. We always have witch hazel in our um, actually in our bathroom cabinet and in our apothecary cabinet. Um, so the bark and the leaves are used. It's very astringent. Um, it's in a lot of skincare products. You may see that. Um, you can use it as a, like an aftershave, um, but it's, it's wonderful at toning the skin, um, helping with closing, 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 <laughs> tightening pores <laughs> and soothing skin irritation. So even if you have itchy skin um, from bug bites or rashes, um, inflamed. And so even if you have sunburn, um, witch hazel can help with that as well. So people think it's going to sting. It does have, you can smell it and it smells, you can smell that astringent smell, but it's very soothing to the skin. Um, we have dogs who have skin irritation right now, and we've been using witch hazel on them as well. I'm just spraying it on. And so it's really great with any skin irritations. So we do, uh, I do love witch hazel. It's just one of those things that we always have here in our home. Yeah, I remember when I was a, a child, we'd always use it for if we got a case of poison oak, it would would spray oh. it on there and it would definitely help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Yes. So do you have anything else you would like to share about these astringent herbs for the skin and the respiratory system? I don't. I don't I think that we covered a I think so too. And we even went well. beyond. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's great. So I hope you learned something new today. Um, if you, if, if anything struck a nerve, good or bad, we want to hear from you. We love comments. We want to make sure that all the information we provide is useful for you. This podcast is for you. So we want to make sure that it's, we're giving you the information that you want to hear. So please give us some feedback. Um, subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Um, until not, next time. Have a great afternoon.